Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter, the namesake. I'm Chip Patterson, and Kyle, is uh, he has power <laughs> back in uh, the, the content shed, and you're packing your bags. You've got all your, uh, all your bathing suits ready. Um, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be there soon. In just a, in, you know, a short nine hours, you'll be at Pebble Beach. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if my body's prepared for this time change because I, you know, I have kids go to bed early, and then it's just I'm gonna be a mess. It's gonna be not great, but uh, man, I could not be more excited about. You know, I I think that we we do this thing when we're in sports media and we're like, oh, another tournament, you know, another another week, another another, you know, bird, birdies and bogeys, and. I'm really excited about Pebble Beach. I've never been out there, never been to Monterey. I, I just, you know, I, I've heard the, not only is the scene great, but just the food, we're going to play some golf. I'm just, I don't know. I, it just, it, it's a week that I'm incredibly grateful for my job. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm back in it again with Big Little Lies on HBO. This is not a promo, <laughs> but do you, do you watch that show? No, I've heard of it. I, we just got done with Chernobyl. So. It's, it's set in Monterey. And oh. yeah, so like as we've been, I think it's actually shot in Canada, but like as, as we've been there, <laughs> I've been, I've been like watching it with Parker and I'm like, oh yeah. So we'll be, we'll be seeing the cliff shots that they're imitating on this show uh, once we get into it. All right. Well, look, there's a, you win, you land uh, on Wednesday, we'll be getting uh, our final expert picks, our final call your shot type moments. So now let's, let's keep it maybe uh, a little bit bigger now. Uh, as, as we start to dig into some storylines and then uh, of course you're ranking the field an annual tradition uh, for every mm-hmm. single it's every single major championship right yeah masters we go like one to 88 or whatever uh, they give me a break with the other three majors I just have to go one to 25 which is really a, you know we've talked about this extensively it's really all that matters really not even 25 but um, so it's a little bit easier you're not you're not like trying to figure out where uh you know, Scott Stallings fits in. Is he the 45th best or the 61st best in the field? So it, yeah, it, it, it's a little easier for the other majors. All right. So for, um, I'm going to start with a, a more obscure storyline because I'm not as dialed into it. And I wanted to see what your feeling was with this being, uh, the 100th anniversary of Pebble Beach's yeah. existence. What's going to be some of the, like the the fanfare or the celebration, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on the grounds? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I think you're going to hear. I I think this is how it's going to play out. I think you'll hear less about. The, so there's three things here: the hundred years, just obviously it being Pebble Beach and sort of the scenery and like the the you know it's the St Andrews of of U.S. Opens or whatever. And then also the major champions that it's produced. Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, Tom Kite, Tiger Woods, 
Uh, Lanny Watkins won a PGA there, and then Graham McDowell in 2010. It's it, the caliber of champions it's produced is unbelievable. And so I, I think the two things you're going to hear actually m- more about, I think, is the scenery, just just the prime, the whole prime time deal. Like that that part's going to be it's going to be awesome. And, and then the champions, like just who fits into that class of player. I don't know if you're going to hear a ton about, you know, there's some really interesting hundred year stuff. Jeff, Jeff Shackelford's had some really good stuff on this. He wrote about the 1929 USAM, um, that was played at Pebble and just sort of how it got started. Uh, Jim Nance had a really cool piece on golf digest this month, just because he obviously lives there, loves it. There is, is pretty deep in the history and uh, it, it's a pretty fascinating story because you know, and Sean Martin pointed this out, and we'll probably talk to him about this on Wednesday. But it, it could have been, it could have ended up being like just uh, houses. Like it was going to be a, a uh, it was going to be developed as kind of a housing district. And thankfully, they're going to move the golf sort of more inland. Thankfully, they did the opposite and put the golf right on the water, and then houses, uh, I, I think, surrounding it, sort of, or, or on the other side of it. Um, so it, it, it is. It is the St. Andrews of U.S. Open venues, and I think it's pretty cool that they're going back there for the 100th year anniversary. So we've got for uh, Pebble Beach in terms of its course design, the like Pe- Pebble Beach as it is is sort of pre- pre- like presents all the challenges uh, that you would want for a very true and fair test. But as Phil yeah. Mickelson said after he won the pro am in February, you know this the, the course that we played today is nothing like um, what the course is going to look like after the USGA gets its hands on it. And I, you know, when presented with that thought, I, I've thought about the greens for sure. You know, you can. The, the rough is already going to be what it is at Pebble Beach. I, I was just wondering that, like, other than trying to combat the wind or the weather, and right now the weather looks like it should be pretty pleasant, uh, at least for this time of year in that area, you know, what what are the places or the areas where if you are fearing the USGA, uh, you know, being the villain this week, where where are you looking that might as that might happen? You mean in terms of what holes or like just just the way the course is set up or what? Yeah, like is it is it sight lines? Is it going to come down to like really nitty gritty complaints? Because to me, if you're going to be mad about a couple tee boxes or a couple sight lines or uh, just a couple adjustments from that standpoint, like those are gripes. Those are not real issues that are impacting the tournament. Everyone has to play those same sight lines. But if you know, everything is pleasant and then the greens get really sped up and then all of a sudden the wind kicks in. Then we've got a situation where, you know, the, the, the best score that you could expect to have on that given day is a 73 or 74 and we'll get Zach Johnson. We've lost the course out here. So that, that, I guess that's my question is like, is, are there, are, is there a concern or where is the concern that the USGA might be able to impact it in a way that would bring out the griping from the players? What'd you put down for best score, by the way? We we had to fill out the um, like sort of our predictions. What was your best score for uh, the tournament? Best score. So the best round score, or who? What I thought. Yeah, the winner yeah. Best, was, best round score. Sixty four. Oh, seven under. Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, I put sixty six. I think that I, to answer your question, I think this goes back to the the fact that Pebble has super small greens to begin with. And, you know, Patrick Cantley posted a video of this and look like, I don't really feel that sorry for you. Like if you're in really deep rough, that's not on the green just hit the green. 
But I think when you combine Pebbles really small greens with how much they've grown the rough up around the greens, uh, I think and, – and and it all depends on pin placement, right? Like what, like are you putting the pin – you know, three paces from the fringe, which is two paces from rough that's as tall as Brian Harmon. That's not great, you know? And so... Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I use that in one of my pieces. Uh, So I think that is where you'll hear the majority of it just because Pebble's notorious for having small greens and the USGA is notorious for... Uh, building up these fortresses around the greens to begin with, and it's going to be even more pronounced uh, at Pebble this year. So you get the, like, you're just so thick in the rough that, like, how in the world are you going to expect to be able to knock it onto this green anywhere close to the pin if the pin is, like, 10 yards away from you? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when we talked, when you and I talked to Sean last week, you sort of, you can start talking yourself into somebody who's just, magic around the greens because everybody's going to miss greens. And so who's going to be able to chop out? But you know, part of that is like, there's going to be a lot of luck, right? A hundred percent, you know? And, and and I, I don't, I don't like that. I I don't think that's great. I, I almost prefer, and I know it's been interesting because players have kind of, you know, you saw Rory say, we don't need two open championships. And what he means by that is, I want rough. I want narrow fairways. I don't want run out like you see at opens, but I sort of like the Pinehurst deal where look, if you're missing greens, it just, it just rolls out. It, it, it sheds bad shots away from their intended target. And while you, you are penalized here because you're in really thick rough, it's more of a luck of the lie instead of at Pinehurst it's like how far are you away from the target based on the type of shot you hit Mm. what did you have for your uh your winning score uh winning score I think I put 280 which would be four under yeah I had 279 Uh, you had two what 279 oh I uh there's only been one score here that was that that uh, that won at over par. Everything else has been even or better. Graham McDowell, I think, was even in ten. Tiger was obviously twelve under. That might be a little bit of fake news because the second best score was three over in two thousand. But yeah, I mean, I think under par is winning, especially if they don't get weather. Uh, you mentioned a wizard around the greens. The 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 Phil Mickelson um, aspect to this is going to be one that I think has a lot of steam on the golf front but especially as we as as we sort of hand over golf and not to get too like inside media or whatever but this is this is this is fox's first crack this season right i mean this is like they they are addressing their audience as though this is their first time getting to address the audience i am anticipating um many many minutes and de- like segments and a blocks and D blocks and, and video packages dedicated to Phil Mickelson, both his pursuit of the career grand slam, his history at Pebble beach, um, what he has become in terms of being sort of this, uh, social media phenomenon at age 48 within the sport. I, I think that we're, I'm worried that we are going to get Phil overload from the conversation standpoint and that his performance on the course, my prediction is that it will neither be elite nor terrible. And that middling portion is like, well, we've got to talk about him, but he's just there. 
And is there anything, is there any reason that I should be feeling any differently about this? No, I mean, it, it, look, like people are going to do the whole, well, he's won there five times, you know, who knows? I think Phil knows. I think it, this is this is less about, and for me, this is less about Pebble Beach than it is about a USGA event. You know, like you, you oh, get yeah. out of you, I mean, USGA could go to Augusta and Phil would, would struggle there, even though he's arguably the best player at best golfer at Augusta of all time. Shout out to Jack Nicholas. Uh, it's, it's just him taking on the USGA. It's, it's just a hard tournament for him. And we've seen that in the last couple of years. You saw the, the madness at Shinnecock. That, that was one of my sidebar questions. Do you think we're going to, I mean, th- uh, Will Gray had a tweet about this, like talking about the, the just insane things that have happened over the last, three or four years do you think we get something that's as crazy or crazier than phil hitting a moving putt this year yes <laughs> i hope so it's yeah. so fun yeah no listen this is <laughs> when when you ramp up everything people are more likely to lose their minds and they're yeah they're, it's just so ramped up right now it is you're right you're totally right but i do think that pebble could be sort of a neutralizer for all that um, but, but maybe not, you know, as Phil said, like the USGA, if they don't have a governor, then there's just, they can't help themselves. So I do hope we get something crazy, but no, I, I think you're right about Phil. I don't think he's winning. I don't think he's continuing. I think, you know, he said recently, I've got two more shots. I've got Pebble. I've got Wingfoot. That's it. I think deep, deep, deep down, he knew after Marion in 13, that was it. That's a wrap. That's that's done. You know, like you just, at some point you get to the age where you're like, I, this just is not happening, you know? And I just, I don't think that, I think if you gave Phil a full claret jug worth of wine and he drank it, I think he would tell you that he's, he's not going to win the U S open at Pebble this year. Do you think he can win at Wingfoot or is this it? No, I think it's, I think it's, I think Marion was it. I mean, look, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a top 10 at a US Open since Marion. And he doesn't have a top 10 at a major anywhere since the 16 Open Championship. So it's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm dubious that his first top 10 in three years is going to come at a US Open. Now, Pebble, Pebble, the Pebble thing's a real thing because he's had a ton of success there. Uh, it, I mean, the storyline of him winning on his birthday, his 49th birthday, to complete the slam at Pebble would just be a joke. But and I think he I think he might have like a sixty seven in him and you're like, oh. But then he'll shoot seventy five and you're like, oh yeah, okay. I'm I'm gonna say that like like when I when I when I mentioned sixty four, the sixty four that I imagined was not a sixty four that was gonna be in the line of a winner or in the line of maybe even like a top three or someone who's in contention. The sixty four that I imagined was like a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning sixty four. Yeah, it's like Sep Straka. You're like, <laughs> oh, it's Sep. Sep shot a 64 today. That's sick. Okay, uh, and one one more Phil thing. Can I can I submit uh, a flaming hot take column idea? Should the pieces come together for uh, for it to be part of the conversation? I, I'm ready. For, let's yeah, let's hear it. Being on social media has shortened Phil's attention span, and now he can't get through a 72 hole major. <laughs> My column. I, I, <laughs> I think being 48 years old has shortened Phil's <laughs> attention span. 
Um, all right. We haven't even mentioned the rain, two-time reigning champion. We'll get into the expectations for Brooks Kepka and more on Tiger right after this. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So Brooks, right? I mean, I, like, I, I think that because he doesn't have any arms left to curl, he's not interested in getting a third uh, Claret Jug. He can start to start doing leg lifts or dead, you know, something like that. Uh, So so I was thinking about this, Chip. It's so weird to me because so PGA happens a month ago and and everybody's just hollering from the rooftop. Brooks is the storyline. He's the only storyline that matters in golf. And we get to the U.S. Open, and 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 I feel like maybe this is just me. It feels like, oh, look over there. Look at DJ. Look at Spieth over there. Look at Tiger. Oh, Rory's hot. And it's it it almost is unfathomable that Brooks could come in under the radar a little bit. For uh, I mean for where like he's been flying. But it feels like he is, doesn't it? Am I am I making that up? I think I think you're making it up a little bit just because okay. That's fair. the um like Brooks is always going to be defined by his play and all it's going to take is one good first round before all. I mean, well, it was the 63 in the first round on Thursday that just shell shocked us all. And we were like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did it again. <laughs> right. And so I think that because that's almost part of the mental muscle memory of a major, especially after the way the last you know two and a half years have gone, 
I don't think it would take much for things to adjust. I think that that goes back to like Tiger takes up so much oxygen. Uh, the Phil Mickelson storyline is so basic. I mean, I just, again, I, I come down to those those big topics and then, you know, Rory coming off the, the 61. Like, yes, in the moment, it feels like Brooks Kepka is like the fifth or sixth name on the Rolodex. I mean, heck, I even, you know, we, we put him on the other side of the ad break for today's show, but... I, I I don't think that I don't think it would take much within the context of the tournament. I mean, he he could go out and just shoot like a thirty-one on his first nine holes, and we would immediately be back in it. You know? Yeah, it's a good point. I, I think I think it's fascinating what's at stake. So I went back and looked. Nobody's won three consecutive U.S. Opens since your boy Willie Anderson did it in nineteen oh five at My Myopia Hunt Club. Right. <laughs> Was that he, a pitch and putt? The Myopia Hunt Club course sounds like it's a par three. I think they shot ducks in the afternoon. <laughs> Seriously, I think uh, I think there was like a an addendum to the to the tee sheet, like <laughs> the afternoon tee sheet, the shoot sheet. Right. Uh, he opened eighty one eighty that year. Don't think that's getting getting it done for old Brooks at Pebble uh, in two thousand nineteen, but. So, so that's at stake. You know, Curtis Strange uh, tried for it back in what do you win? Eighty nine. Was it Curtis Strange? Yeah, it was eighty eight, eighty nine, or eighty nine, ninety. One of those somewhere in there. So I think that in ninety, let me look this up. He uh, he had a shot to go three in a row, and I think that was at Medina. I might be making all of this up. Okay, I've got it right here. Uh, eighty eight, Curtis Strange, the Country Club. Eighty nine, Curtis Strange. Oak Hill and then 90 was at Medina Hale Irwin won and Curtis Strange finished where did he finish I'm not seeing it uh he finished t21 so it's really hard to do, to do obviously uh but Strange has talked about just the pressure of doing that and and I feel like it's interesting because Brooks certainly seems impervious to that pressure. Like I, I, I just, I don't think he feels the pressure of winning three in a row the way a Spieth would or a Rory would just cause he's like, whatever, like in a way that is, that does seem somewhat real right. and realistic. And so I, I, I don't know if that's going to get to him. It's just, I mean, here's the thing, Chip, think about this. If he wins this week, the only active golfer that has more majors than him is Tiger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say the same about Rory, but it just feels crazier with Brooks because he just started winning majors two years ago. Yeah, but how long has it been since Rory's last major? Five. Yeah, and all of like all of his four were in a little a run, and I think I think that that's where I might have landed with Brooks. Like, if Brooks wins this one, yes, you're a hundred percent right. But I think that I've decided at least my resting point right now is that he's on a Rory. This is this is like a Rory run, and I expect it will come to a conclusion at some point, and then we'll get to wrestle with what's wrong with Brooks for five years, and then he might come back and win a major. I mean, it's just <laughs> well, I, I, but, I I'm kind of there with Brooks, but. Does him winning this week change that? It feels it. It seems like it just feeds it, right? It does. Like I think the, I think the only thing that would change that is him winning a major in like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, right? And so you're like, oh, this is like an elongate. This is like a ten year deal. It's like a twelve year deal. Yeah. I don't think him winning this U.S. Open necessarily changes that narrative. I agree. I don't know, <sighs> man. If he. 
I, doesn't the style of the win also matter, or do you think it's just the win? Uh, I don't know about style as much as who as, he beats, uh, locale and who he beat. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think you can talk about okay, uh, Brooks won Aaron Hills over uh, this guy named Xander, and you're like, okay, well, cool. But then when you talk about Brooks won Shinnecock over Fleetwood, who shot a 63 in the final round, you're like, oh, okay. And Brooks beat Tiger at a PGA, like that. That stuff. That stuff matters. And so to go to go Shinnecock Pebble in back to back years, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's in in the same in the same year you won Beth Page. I mean Beth Page isn't in the class of those two, but it's still big time. So I don't know. I mean, this is it's a course that it doesn't um you know, going into Beth Page, I, I was kind of fading him, but the people that I talked to were like, you're an idiot. There's like four guys that can win this tournament just because Beth, Beth Page is so big and sprawling. And that's that's not uh, the way that, that Pebble's set up. It's short. It's like 7,000 yards, 7,100, something like that. And you're going to have to be so good with your irons. And, and he's good with his irons, but he's not he's not Fleetwood good. He's not Rory good. He's not... Um, you know, DJ good. Like his his big thing, obviously, is is driving the ball. And I just I just don't know that he's going to have that advantage here, like he did at Aaron Hills, like he did at Bethpage, and, and some places like that. On the other side of the Joey D gym, we've got Dustin Johnson. Um, you know, he's we 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 made a quick reference to the the change in the swing coach. Um, what's like. I I did not find myself coming out with any DJ takeaways from the Canadian Open. How is your compass adjusted on DJ at all, if at all, as as we're starting to uh, to count down the hours to tee off? Uh, it hasn't really adjusted. I mean, especially from I mean he he so he was beaten Chip by two guys at the first two majors: Tiger at Augusta and Brooks at PGA. That's it. Those are the only two guys that beat him. Which is kind of crazy because it doesn't feel like DJ's having a great major year, and I, I hate that. I hate that we do this thing where it's like, well, the only the only way you can have a good year is by winning a major. Okay, that's idiotic. That's so dumb. Um, and I just, I mean, I think he's gonna be like right there again. And, and I think, I think the, I think the fascinating part for DJ. I mean, there's a lot going on here, right? Like you've got yes, his history. Yeah, there's a whole history. lot going on. His history in majors at Pebble, which is a completely different story. I mean, he shoots a 77 in 2010 in the final round, and he's in a playoff on Monday. But no, he shot an 82. And so, I, I you know, how, how good do you feel about like a four-stroke DJ lead on Saturday night? Not great, you know? He's, he's going to so, lose a ball, and Kyle's going to go charging off into the woods <laughs> to go find it. So I think that... I think I, I hope that he's in the mix just because it would be super fascinating for somebody who's like and I wrote this somebody who's very straightforward and just pretty simple. He's a pretty fascinating character when you start like taking into account all the variables from the outside. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think that's pretty like Brooks and DJ are not super complicated people, but they have pretty complex storylines and narratives. And I think. I don't know. I think that part of it, like trying to figure all that stuff out is pretty interesting. Um, let's see. What else do you have on your storylines? What, what else, what else is, uh, what else is buzzing for you right now? 
So one of the things that I was looking at, the top seven in the world all have a major championship. Uh, three of them have multiples. But then the next eight do not have a major championship. So you, if you look at the top 15, the first seven have a major, the next eight don't. The next eight are Patrick Cantlay, Bryson, Xander, Ricky, Rom, Kucher, Finau, and Paul Casey. My daughter picked Paul Casey to win, by the way. Just getting that out there. Not feeling that one. But no, uh, no, no. I'll I'll take Paul Casey to uh, I'll take Paul Casey to have a share of the thirty six hole lead and finish T eight. <laughs> Do you like these very I, specific predictions? Yeah, I, I love that you, you can't ever predict like a solo eight. It has to be a T eight. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so yeah, just one of them getting in the mix, I think would be, uh, and one of them will be in the mix. I think, I don't know who, I don't know which of those guys, uh, obviously Spieth. I mean, I just, I, I, Chip, I have no idea. I've talked myself all the way around both sides of this and he could win by five. He could miss the cut by 10 and I'd be like, yeah, sure. I don't, I, I don't trust him to win by five. Of, of all the I, outcomes that you are suggesting, I do not trust him to win by five. I, I don't either, but I, I wouldn't be like, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked. That would be shocking. That would be stunt to beat this field for yeah, Jordan, for, no, jo- I know. for Jordan Spieth, the way that he has been uh, to beat this field by five strokes would, it, it would literally be like, mother nature act of God stuff like like Jordan Jordan just missed the bad weather and the high scores or something well but I go back to was it 17 he won here I think it was 17 it had that awesome year and there was a there was a text floating around from we'll say a top 25 player in the world who's who has won a major before and uh the text was like this guy is this is problematic mm-hmm. because if he if he if he hits the ball like the, and that that was the year he finished number one in in strokes hand on approach shots but the 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 thesis was like if he hits the ball like this that I, I don't I don't know how people beat this guy you know and so yeah but I don't know how you go from like not being able to find the club face very recently to be in the best ball striker in the world. I just think there's too much, too much distance there. I agree. And, and I, if I have to err, I'm going to err on the side of fading him, but I don't know. At some point you have to, it has to click. I think, I mean, if you believe it's going to click at some point, it has to click. And, uh, I just, I, I always get concerned when I'm on the wrong side of somebody who I think is a historic player because it can make you look really dumb really quickly. And I don't think that'll, I don't think this, that's going to be the case with speed at pebble. I'm certainly not picking him to win. I'm not picking him to finish in the top 10, but it could be. And then we've got, again, a problematic situation on our hands. <laughs> oh man. All right, Kyle, pack your bags. You'll be, you'll, you'll be in uh you'll be in a glorious part of the country soon enough. Uh, do we, do we, I guess we already did the Rory thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's a, we did tiger on Monday. I guess that's all I got. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm like pumped. I really do feel like we, we're going to have our expert picks and uh, I'll have some tournament matchups that I will probably throw y'all's way just to see what your feelings are on them. But uh, I feel like from a, I mean, we've lined this thing up. I, it is, I used to do this thing as a kid where I would like, 
line up all of my action figures into this like way before Avengers Endgame or Infinity War came out. Like I had all of the superheroes on different sides fighting each other and it would take me like three hours to line them all up and then the war would be done in seven minutes. And I feel like that's what's going to happen is we've been spending all this time lining up all the characters, all the storylines, all the character developments been there. And this whole tournament's going to come and go in four days. And then all of a sudden we're going to be like, shoot, what do we do about the winner here, Sergio Garcia? How do we reconcile this? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I do have somebody here who wants to make a pick. Uh, Jack, who do you think is going to win the U.S. Open? Who'd you pick? Um... Tiger. Tiger. Is that who you picked? Are you yeah. sure? I yeah. thought I thought you picked Ricky. 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 Jack picks Ricky. Ricky. You're taking Ricky. Okay. Okay. Ricky. Well, that yeah. Um, yeah. Sergio's not gonna win, Chip. <laughs> I, I I hate to break that to you. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. He is Jack. You can follow him at Jack. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. At Jack. What a pull. Thanks, Chip. (laughs)